Welcome to the I Know a Thing podcast. In part three of our three-part series with Karen Anderson, we discuss end-of-life matters for our pets, including the excruciating decisions around euthanasia. We will also discuss Karen's animal sanctuary in eastern Washington and her decision to rescue disabled animals and those at the end of their life. So, um... One other question that we had, which is, you know, kind of on the downside, but the whole, you talk about the concept of euthanasia um, and what a difficult decision that is at the end of your pet's life. Um, And you talked about that and and it sounds like it's not as horrible for the pet as we believe it is. The horrible part for the pet is them seeing what we're going through. Mm -hmm. That's obviously it's the end of their life. They know that, they sense that they're far more accepting of dying and death than we are. They don't fear it. They have a will to survive. It's two different things. You know, most humans fear death or they fear what's going to happen to them when they die. Animals just have a will to survive. And that will to survive is what many people who, if they are with their pet during their final moments, they see that as the pet struggling, that they weren't ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Usually the struggle is just because mother nature has put it in their DNA that they have to keep fighting to take a breath. They have to keep struggling to be alive. That's just mother nature. That's just DNA. And it's not that they weren't ready to go, but they've evolved over the millennia much longer than we've been here, that they have to survive. So when it comes to, I call it the impossible decision, because there's never a good time. Uh, It's always terrible. It's horrible. I've had to do it many, many times. The reason I'm so far behind on my next book is because last year, I lost seven of mine and every time I got to the point where I could focus again, I'd lose another and the whole thing would start all over again. So, you know, it is, um, it's one of the most honorable tasks we are entrusted with as a pet parent. They trust us to manage their comfort levels. And when the body is failing, they trust us to help them leave that body. There's no blame. There's no remorse on their part. There's no, what are you doing? How can you do this to me? That's Those are human concepts. The human concept of what am I doing? I'm killing my own pet or I'm, you know, destroying my own pet. They don't feel any of that. They only feel that we love them and they know that we're trying to help them and do what's right because it's your intention. It's what's in your heart. And any of us who've had to make that decision, who've had to take them into the vet or have a vet come to our house or had to decide to put our pet down, even if we're not there, when that animal takes its last breath, 
the animal knows the instant that they leave that body that they are surrounded in our love because they are so connected to us and those are some of the most powerful emotions that we can produce as a living being so there's never a moment where they have felt alone or abandoned or scared or why'd you do this or you know they don't feel that way they know that we're there to help them and they trust us to do that and keeping an animal longer than necessary is probably the one of the most challenging things we face. I've struggled with that. When is the right time? You know, or it, how do you decide when it's time? You know, will the animal tell you? Some will, some won't. Yeah. Some will stop eating. Some will, you know, just, there's no life or spark left in them anymore. Some will have lost interest in everything, even their favorite things. They lose interest in there's so many things that come into play and there isn't one way to tell. It's combination of all of those things. And you are their parent. You know that animal better than anyone knows them. And you have to just realize that to keep them longer than necessary is a disservice to them because they're if they're in a, an unfixable situation, you're just postponing the inevitable. And then what if they go into crisis? I've heard from the animals that it's much easier for them when they are not in crisis, mm -hmm. when it's, when everyone's calm, when they're calm, when they're peaceful, even if they're not like on death's doorstep per se, like they're not struggling to breathe or they're not, you know, in the process of dying, the, the, entire experience for them is more manageable and more peaceful when when they are not in crisis mm -hmm. so going forward i have pledged to my animals that i promise them i will not in in the, every chance i can i will not allow them to go into crisis mm -hmm. mode. Of yes. so you have to be in understanding what where they are medically and you know know your veterinarian well and have a good relationship there but to help them transition when they're peaceful and calm and quiet is much easier for them when i hit the panic button and when i am like losing it and you know just beside myself and sobbing hysterically it makes it all that energy it's like taking those ingredients out of that pot of soup, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's draining. It's pulling all the it's pulling all the goodness away. Instead, you want to surround them with loving thoughts, calming words, soothing energy. You want to put ingredients back in. Love, 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 love. I love you so much. You're the world to me. You know, this has been an amazing time we've had together, loving thoughts. So every situation is different. However, I've never had, get this, over 22,000 sessions I have conducted, 22,000 sessions. Wow. I have never had a single companion animal say they took me too soon. 
It's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely. But at the same time, I've had quite a few say, I was ready to go a long time ago. Oh. That's good to know. Because I mean, it's about, you know, you have to kind of put a, put aside your own wants, you know, for like, you have to be selfless and yeah. do what's, what's right. Not what you want to do. I mean, it's, it's very true. It's mm-hmm. hard when you love something so much, you and know, speaking of loving something so much, I don't want to make, Oh, go ahead. I don't want to make that decision, but you know, I have to make that decision and they've entrusted me with that decision and it will not be a reflection of love right? for you helping them leave their body. They mm-hmm. actually are, I'm going to say, um, it's, it's like, it's not joyful, but there's like an exhilaration when they leave their body. It's exhilarating because that's, they're no longer being drained. They're getting like a burst of love and fuel and, and goodness. And it's very different than our experience. Right. They don't grieve when they pass away. So they, they leave their body swirling around us. And here we are in this puddle of grief, right? Unable to move, unable to function, you know, barely able to breathe. And the animals are like swirling around us, feeling all of this wonderfulness of the afterlife. And then here we are. Mm -hmm. And it's very confusing to them. It's like, what is wrong? And if you stay in grief too long, and again, real touchy subject there, because there is, you know, everybody's different. But if you stay in grief longer than you should be there for your own personal growth, they begin to feel like they're making you feel that way. So it is a reflection of themselves. They feel like every time they think of me, they cry. Every time, you know, I let them know I'm around, they get sad and depressed. So think about that. If you are your companion animal and this person who you love with your whole heart, every time they think of you, they just get very sad and depressed and they shut down and they can't function, they can't move. After a while, it's like, oh, it must be me. It's me. I'm doing this. I'm bringing them down. So it it doesn't harm them. I want to be very clear. Grief doesn't harm them, doesn't stop them on their spiritual journey but it's draining. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would you rather be around? Somebody that's depressed and sad and not functioning well, or someone who's happy and outgoing and sharing love and finding the goodness in everything that's around them. You're going to want to gravitate towards the person who's happier. It's just mm-hmm. natural. Yeah. And not yeah. that your pet will be with you during those times, but just think about it. It's it's very draining. And, and animals in the afterlife, rely on spiritual fuel. They rely on energy to exist. If you're drained, if you're depressed, sad, grieving, you have no energy. Where are they going to get their energy from? Mm. So they're going to have to go elsewhere to find fuel. It's like you drive up to your favorite gas station and they say, sorry, we're all out of gas here. You're going to have to go down the road. And you're like, but I'm on fumes. It's like, sorry, we got nothing. You got to keep going. So you have to think about that. You are fuel, spiritual fuel to your companion animals. 
And if you're drained, if you've got nothing to offer them, they will go elsewhere to have to gather that fuel. They will always mad, um, come back to us and, and be with us again, but it's going to make it harder for you to sense them, feel them because they're not as present. They're mm -hmm. further away. They're looking for other fuel sources. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like when, when I'm grieving, this is like a little thing that I do. This sounds really corny, but it works. Um, I get a giant jumbo pack of batteries mm -hmm. and I keep it around me. And I tell my companion, whoever has just recently left, I tell him I'm running low on fuel. So here's a battery pack fuel up. Here it is. Aww. Draw your fuel from this. I also keep, I'm right off camera here, but I also keep this beautiful stash. I've got some beautiful crystals. Oh, I have, I have grounding stones. I keep all of these near me. Amethyst is one of my favorites. Um, there's a lot of healing qualities. There's a lot of energy that's generated by certain uh, crystals and stones. There's different things that you can provide your companions with that have recently transitioned so they have fuel and uh it was one of my little secrets when I was conducting sessions when uh I was feeling maybe I was having an off day or I didn't feel like I could connect as clearly I'd get those batteries in and I'd say to the animals okay here you go pull your fuel from this because I'm running a little low today and great messages would come through. Oh, so amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So, so you have, I want to hear what you're doing now. You have this animal sanctuary and I was, I, I was in tears looking at your website because these animals are so dear and so sweet and they're at the end of their lives, correct? Yes. So one of the things is a, I've, I've been involved in rescue for you know, over 40 years and uh, I've done a lot of fosters. I've done a lot of, you know, foster failures. <laughs> I've done a, a lot of rescue. And the one thing that I notice is that, you know, the, the ones that have issues or health conditions or that are just old, nobody wants them. Mm -hmm. And no fault of their own. You know, we're all going to be old someday and we're all going to have an issue. And it just broke my heart that you know, these would be the ones that would stay with me or the ones that have some kind of problem or issue. So I took that and I, I ran with it. And in that mindset, my goal was to provide a forever home, a final refuge. So nobody leaves once they come here. It's just like their final home. But I rescue the companion animals that nobody else wants. The elderly special needs, the ones with the horrendous um, health issues, diabetic, one leg missing, an eye missing, deaf, um, you know, the, the ones with all the problems, the ones that nobody else wants, they need love too. Yes. And I've got a 30 acre ranch in Eastern Washington and oh. it's my home. That's amazing. Yeah, nice. We're in Washington We're too. We're in Washington too. Yay! Yay, Washington! <laughs> so I, 
I created the Painted Rain Ranch okay. and it is an animal sanctuary. We, uh, we are uh, all volunteer. It is my husband and I, and then I have uh, one animal communicator who volunteers by conducting animal communication sessions and she donates 100% of proceeds to the animals on the ranch. Oh, and that wow. is Janet Rose. Janet Rose, you know, yep. Who does that, right? Um, you know, who does that? She's amazing. She's so talented, very, very gifted. And she's just a sweet, wonderful person. So uh, the Painted Rain Ranch Animal Sanctuary was born from that. And uh, we are, um, you know, we're very connected to all of our companion animals here, our resident animals, and they stay here with us until they take their last breath. They never have to go through, you know, being placed again or, you know, being returned or, you know, being out on their own. They live here with us for the rest of their natural life mm -hmm. as so part of the family. How many, how many animals do you currently have on the ranch? I have about 19 right now oh, wow. and um, yeah, um, cats, dogs, uh, I've got one horse, um, oh, chickens, yeah. and we've had like turkey, we've had, we've had turkeys, um, <laughs> you know, just whoever is abandoned, you know, whoever needs a safe place to land, you know, this is. I've got the space and the room and the ability, and it's just been a childhood dream of mine. And I thought, why not? Now's the time to do this. So all the proceeds from my book, all the proceeds from my online course, um, all the proceeds from the sessions with Janet, it all goes right to the animals. And it's all about them and providing them with the best life I possibly can. Oh, I That's love that. So nice. I, one of my many daughters, that I have, um, would be obsessed with this. Like, do you, can she come, can she come volunteer with you? Like, this is her dream would be to work on a farm with these animals. Like, oh, this is wonderful. She wants to be a vet, right? She wants, well, I mean, she, well, she wants to have a, a farm. She wants she to have wants a farm, farm, but she doesn't want it to be, she wants all the animals to live. <laughs> she just wants to live on like a no-kill farm. That's what her goal right. is. Right, well, yeah. Exactly. This is this is the the good kind of farm where, yeah. where everybody lives out their full life here. You know, to me, it's it to me. There's nothing more joyful than being out in the barn or mucking out stalls or you know out with the chickens. To me, that is that's my peace. That's my balance. That's where I get everything. Like the animals, just they balance me. And mm -hmm. even before I got into um, animal communication one of the jobs I did was I clean corrals for yeah. a living. So I was basically a pooper scooper and I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was so peaceful to be out in the barn and to be with the horses and, and the farm animals and just to be around them because they don't have any expectations. They're just glad that you're there. They enjoy your company you know, they don't talk about you when you leave. <laughs> you don't, don't talk about your hair, your clothes. No. Right. Oh, look at she didn't wear any makeup today. Or, oh, she's got those same dirty boots on that she had last time, you know. So it's truly, 
a dream come true. And, and I would, you know, absolutely as a kid, I would dream about this. So yes. I totally get it. It's like, no, talk about it. a dream come true. It's, it's a joy. And, um, you know, it's a lot of work. So when I'm not writing, I'm out with the animals and taking care of them. And uh, we, we are on the smaller side, uh, but we only bring somebody new in when we have the ability in the space. And we have longevity here. Our animals tend to live a pretty long time because they have a good life here. So mm -hmm. we do the best that we can. But I will go to the um, the local shelters and the one who's on the website right now, there's a black cat that's on the website. His name is Jasper. So I went down to the local shelter and I said, give me your, your worst case, the one who isn't going to be adopted. Right. Mm -hmm. And they brought Jasper to me oh, and said, yep. And he's a joy. He's out on the deck lounging in the sun right now. So nice. <laughs> he's living his best he's life. He's living the good life. Yes. Oh, you're oh an that's angel. a dream. Yes. I wanted to talk about you're writing your uh, another book right now. So what what's that going to be about and when do when can we yes. expect that? Um well it's um it's about losing a pet and going through those feelings but it's more about healing. And it's just like the amazing afterlife of the animals. It has all of those stories with amazing messages from the animals in it. Mm -hmm. um, but my thought was, you know, so many people say, I don't know how to get through the grief. I don't know how to get past the pain. I don't know what to do. You know, I, I just feel so helpless. I feel so lost. So what I did is I, um, I interviewed over 40 clients to see what they did or to see what helped them or you know, the steps that they took or the experiences that they had. And I combined all of that and included some actual sessions that I had um, conducted so that whoever is reading it, there's something in there for everyone. You know, mm -hmm. we all have to find our own way into healing and it's different for all of us, but maybe there's a story in there that will inspire you or something in there that you'll go, Hey, you know, I'm going to try that or just, I didn't know that was a sign. Wow, that was a sign, you know, and they can read about it in the book. So I, I'm pulling in all of that information of, you know, how to cope with that. It's not about grief. It's not about how to get through the stages of grief. It's more about the healing journey and what does that feel like and how do you get to healing and, you know, how it changes us. And we're never the same after a loss. We are supposed to be different after a loss how mm -hmm. can we ever be the same again after somebody oh, that yeah. we loved it, it right I mean we can't no. be the same it's it's supposed to change us and yeah. it's about embracing that and saying you know what I'm a better person because I had this beloved companion in my life and I would do it all over again and they were worth it Aww. they were absolutely yeah. worth it that's so true. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm currently writing it. I'm in the, I'll call it the home stretch. So I hope that the release will be this year, 2023. And oh, nice. I don't have an exact date yet, but, but it'll be lots of stories like the amazing afterlife of the animals and then a new twist in it too. 
Awesome. I love that. Well, we We can't wait. I know we can't wait. And we would love, I would love to have you back on and go through some of the stories that you have, right? I mean, we touched upon a few, but you have so many amazing stories about when you were a sheriff and you were, you know, getting all this insight from the animals and just everything else. I mean, we would love to have you back. There's so much information. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this is fantastic. Fabulous. People are going to love this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, okay. thanks, Karen, so much. Okay, I'm we appreciate you a lot. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is I Know a Thing, a podcast by ordinary moms exploring what we find curious.